welcome to episode 60 of Friends of Film, a podcast for all the latest movies and theatrical releases. I'm your host, Creeper Hood, once again joined by Josh Straley. In this episode, we're going to talk about Batman getting an official director, a Nightwing spinoff, lots of X-Men updates, and more. All before we preview Logan, you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, SoundCloud, and iTunes at Friends and Film. Josh? Welcome back to the pod, everyone. And I cannot believe that person won that Oscar last night (laughs) unbelievable it was a major shock to all because i mean that just does inexcusable big mess up by the oscars you know hashtag oscar so unbelievable yes um (laughs) how was your week dude it was great uh lots of movies watched and lots of movie news to talk about thankfully uh so my week early on i spent doing a uh basically a i don't know what you want to call it but I just binged a bunch of M. Night Shyamalan movies. Oh, really? Because um, I'd only seen Sixth Sense, Split, obviously. Uh, I saw Unbreakable after that. And I'd seen... Uh, the Town? After Earth a long oh. time ago. Yeah. Well, not a long time ago, but like a year ago or something. So It's an awful movie. Yes, it is. I couldn't, so, <laughs> I couldn't believe it was Shyamalan. <laughs> yeah, I know. I kind of I kind of forgot that it was him until mm-hmm. I was looking at his filmography afterwards. I was like, oh, jeez. Um, but I watched uh, what all movies did I watch from him? The Village. The Village. That's right. Um, the that's been what's the one after that? That's not good. I don't know. But I also watched Room this week. I rewatched Room because oh, yeah. I was. Brie Larson gave this really nice quote about Captain Marvel, and I was just like, oh, I love Brie Larson. And I was like, I want to watch Room, and I watched it, and that's that's a really good movie. It like, absolutely my is. goodness. Um, it makes you just, like, really excited for Captain Marvel. Also, Predator, because Jacob Tremblay's in there. Mm-hmm. Excited to see more from him. Um, and, oh, I saw John Wick 2 last night again. So, I think I liked it a little bit better the second time. Really? Yeah, because I think once you know the story, you can just kind of go along for the ride. Yeah. The action, you mean being able to focus on that even more intently. Yeah. And like, it just, it just stands out. Like the, the sound editing in that movie is unbelievable. Like, especially the gunfights. Uh, I listened like this whole podcast with empire from where Chad Stahelski talked about, you know, how they wanted to make an effort to make this as realistic as possible, make sure they had different gun sound effects for the appropriate guns, make sure like they wanted to like time out their action sequences so that the gunshots fit in with the beats. So like the music that was playing over it, like all this really intricate stuff. Um, And yeah, I mean, it just, it worked, it works really, really (laughs) well. Um, Other ones I watched Signs and Lady in the Water. I forgot Signs is him. Yeah, that's one I still. That's one that's enjoyable. Yes, still. I think that's. I think that's the last. That was the one where I was like, okay, it was still good enough to pass, Mm -hmm. but it was also like this movie's really yeah weird. Then Lady in the Water was just like, ugh, right? Paul Giamatti's. (laughs) stuttering his way through the whole movie and it was not good not many of his movies you want to erase from your mind immediately but lady in the water and after earth are right there yeah lady in the water at least had like an intriguing premise around it i was like okay this is interesting but why are like these beasts after this girl and it was it's really i feel like there's too much mythology he tried to throw in there and then he like has like M Night has an actual role in the movie himself, and just like this is unnecessary. It was a nice cameo. Yeah, it's more than a cameo, though. Well, yeah, but but anyway, how about how was your week? <laughs> Hitchcock was in every one of his movies. Uh, my week was good. I kind of followed uh, in the same vein that you did. I, I went back to some Oscar movies 
uh, from 2015 and or 2016 and 2015 uh, with uh, Spotlight. I got The Martian back on again this week. I really loved that. I really love that movie. I'm starting a great the book. Um, and then I also got The Big Short back out again uh, to rekindle some rekindle some anger about you know certain <laughs> things and then uh, i concluded it with grand budapest hotel Wes all Anderson's, right. uh, probably the wonkiest flick he's ever done i mean but uh ralph fines getting to just act in front of the camera all, the, the entire way through uh it, it never ceases to you know be enjoyable to me yeah that's a good one uh and that's tony Revolori who uh, is in Spider-Man Homecoming. So that's right. It's always, oh, man, always it's nice. So, it's it's weird. I can't imagine that guy outside of the outside of being Zero, the bellboy. It's so uh, I'm excited for Spider-Man. Oh, other one I forgot to mention: Project Almanac. Uh, it's a Dean Israelites movie. The guy is directing Power Rangers. Yeah, it's the second time I've seen it. I think it's a really fun action movie or sci action sci fi time travel. Does it make uh, sense movie. in the end? Yeah, I okay. mean, kind of. Where you're like, well. I mean, actually, not really that much. I mean, it, like, it leaves it up for interpretation, okay. um, which I kind of like, but also kind of don't. So, I, But I, up until that point, I think it's just a really fun you know, kind of story. It's just – I think if he can do the same thing he did with Project Almanac, as if he does that with Power Rangers, I will be happy with it, and I think a lot of the people will as well. All right, but perfect. We'll have to wait and see. But we have, some, we have a lot of news to get to this week, actually, so – we're going to start with the flyby. If you want to skip to our preview of Logan, I don't know how long or short it's going to be um, just because there's a lot of news and the movie comes out next week. So we're not sure how much we're going to break it down. But if you want to skip to that, there'll be a timestamp in the description of this episode. But we're going to start with the flyby real quick. Yvonne Strahovski, according to the Hollywood reporter has joined the predator as Jacob Tremblay's mother. Oh, great. Yeah. Uh, I'm not familiar with her in anything else, but Jacob Tremblay needs a mom. So, and I mean, I'm not sure what else her role will be, but sweet. Yeah. I mean, I know like she's big from Chuck. She was at one point like a fan favorite to be Captain Marvel. So the fact that she's playing Tremblay's mom is kind of ironic in that sense. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think, I think, I think that's cool. Uh, I'm glad to see them get, somebody else involved in the cast and production is officially underway as of this past week. So uh movie comes out in like a year. So we're almost there, surprisingly enough. Um, we also got casting for Godzilla King of Monsters. According to Variety, Kyle Chandler has joined as Millie Bobby Brown's father. So a couple parent castings. Oh, early on. how sweet. Oh, this is this is really good, actually, because if you think about it, it's at the end of the second act, beginning of the third. Godzilla's been beaten down by whatever monsters he's fighting. Kyle Chandler comes out, looks Godzilla in the <laughs> eyes, and goes full Friday Night Lights. Laser eyes and full hearts can't lose. And then Godzilla <laughs> goes out and wins the day. Oh, that was really smart. Props. Yeah, cool. sure. They could, I guess, do that. You think I'm a moron? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm just hoping he has a larger role than Brian Cranston. Oh, absolutely. So, speaking of Godzilla, we could actually be getting our first look at the movie, even though it doesn't come out until 2019, <gasps> in a few weeks with Kong Skull Island. According to Sci-Fi, there is a post-credit scene attached to Kong Skull Island that will tease the events of Godzilla 2. Ooh. And we know... Some of the do we know some of the villains for this yet? 
for Godzilla? Yeah. I don't think so. No, I wonder what they're teasing. I, th- I, think, I think their plan is to do, obviously, more of Godzilla's, yeah. you know. Oh, that's exciting. More famous monster nemesis and stuff, but I don't know who those monsters are, Maybe honestly. Maybe Mecha Godzilla would be sweet. I think there was talks of one that could, like, fly or something, but I don't I Again, I have no I idea who, a lot of them, but. who these people <laughs> are, so, uh, or who what these monsters Very are, cool. so I think... I feel like it should be just a nice kind of tease. I when I first thought they were going to do a post-credit scene, I thought it would make more sense to tease how Kong gets or stays into present day, right? And then meets up for the Kong vs. Godzilla movie that's coming out in 2020. But we'll have to wait and see what exactly plays out in the post-credit scene. We don't have to wait for our latest look at King Arthur: Legend of the Sword, Guy Ritchie's movie, and I still have no idea what this movie is. Yeah, what would you think of the trailer? It's it's, lot, di- it's different. It's weird. Like, there's like, C- big CGI monsters at one point. Um, like, it it kind of lays more of the story about Arthur, which I don't know if you necessarily have to tell, anyways. But mm-hmm. um, I think it'll be dumb fun. Yeah, it's as it's, long as it's better than the Great Wall. <laughs> yeah, anything, anything. I think anything could do that. Yeah, uh, do better than the Great Wall. It. I mean, the first trailer was all like Sherlock Holmes. I mean, yeah. that's what it felt like, which Guy Ritchie did. This felt more like a more of an epic. Um, the and like you said, there was CGI monsters. These really, they're really good looking battle sequences. Um, Jude Law is even more menacing than he was the first time around. Uh, but I, it's skewing towards Lord of the Rings. A lot more than, you know, I thought King Arthur did. But um, I think Charlie Hunnaman is doing a good job in the scenes I've seen. So I'll be excited to see him uh, going forward. Sure, yeah. Uh, Moving on, that's the end of the flyby. And the rest of the whole episode of the podcast is all going to be super-related because with Logan coming out next week, there was just a ton of news that came out regarding the upcoming X-Men movies. We're going to talk about those. We also have a couple big updates about the DCEU, but we're not going to ignore the MCU for a little bit and talk about the relationship that Star-Lord will have with his father in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, played by Kurt Russell, which will be Ego, the Living Planet, and a description for the toy or an action figure of Ego kind of hinted that their relationship may not be uh, the perfect father-son relationship uh, with the description reading, quote, roguish and unpredictable, Ego and Star-Lord share many of the same qualities as father and son, but when it comes uh, to defending the galaxy as each sees fit, their approaches unquestionably differ. Aww. So it's not going to be a father meets son. They all get along. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be, you know, well, when your father's a living planet, though, I imagine there's going to be some differences, right? Right. But I think it also, I think, kind of alludes to the fact that this isn't going to be a movie where, you know, he meets his, where Star-Lord meets his dad for all this time. They hit it off. He helps them save the galaxy in some way or another. I think instead, Ego's kind of going to become the villain of the movie. But don't we have a Yisha for that? We do, but we haven't really seen much of that and I think James Gunn's talked about wanting to surprise audiences keep them on their toes that has this movie has bigger twists and turns we haven't seen ego at all in the marketing there's a new trailer coming out tomorrow when as of when you guys are hearing this so 
maybe we'll get to know more about ego and his role in the movie but uh i think that would make sense because it would crush star lord to have his father basically turn against him to have a you oh, know yeah darth vader luke skywalker moment basically um and then it would also give mantis who is like basically works for ego the reasoning to go i i don't agree with this and i'm gonna work with yeah, these sure. guys instead and uh yeah i think i think that's the way i mean we're surprisingly enough we're like two months away from this movie coming out so the fact that we're just merely guessing at what the plot is i'm ecstatic about <laughs> um so whatever this means i think it's good news uh but i would personally like to see kurt russell play a little bit of a baddie yeah I, I, i'm gonna be a little bit disappointed if that's actually the case because i love kurt russell a lot i mean right. i'm not a, i mean i don't go out and buy all his movies but i just anytime he's on screen we're it's having great. fun uh, especially you know when i I think the hateful eight was like the first time I got to, you know, enjoy him. But, but that aside, uh, yeah, I would be shocked if they actually make him the full villain and maybe not like the, Oh, I'm going to actually destroy this planet by ramming myself into it to save the rest of the galaxy mm-hmm. type of a deal somewhere where he's skewed t- more towards doing the wrong thing to do the right thing. Yeah. And Star-Lord is willing to go. Yes. Because, like, I mean, it even says, like, their approaches unquestionably differ to when it goes to defending the galaxy. Yeah. Star-Lord has shown that he, you know, in the first movie, they're like, why are you trying to save the galaxy? What has it ever done for you? And he's like, I'm one of the idiots who lives in it. Like, yeah. I kind of have, you know, the dude, like, I, I, sh- I should want to save the galaxy because I don't want to die. Mm-hmm. And I feel like for Ego, he's a plant, he's a living planet who's, you know, in the comics a lot is just he you know keeps himself in a corner of the galaxy where he goes mainly unbothered and if he then comes out of that seclusion to find star lord only to see kind of what else is going on in the galaxy he's just like this is all just terrible and right. so he wants to take matters into his own hands and kind of try to help fix the galaxy but that means destroying you know entire planets or races and stuff yeah uh, i think that's where that <laughs> uh, antagonistic relationships going to come, and I, I think that would be cool just because it. The Guardians movies are always about family, or not always. I mean, because there's only been one, but there is a very heavy, you know, family theme that plays out throughout the whole movie. And James Gunn said this one's going to do the exact same thing. So, having some sort of non-perfect father-son relationship makes a lot of sense, especially with Yondu kind of becoming more on board with. Star-Lord as the unofficial father figure. Right. We've got unity with the team as well. So yeah. there's got to be some kind of conflict to exactly. uh, you know, rattle Star-Lord's cage. Yeah. And I was actually, once this came out, I thought it would be really ballsy if Ego killed Yondu. Oh. But Michael Rooker basically took to Instagram today to confirm that he's in Infinity War. So I don't no. think that's going to happen. Okay. But if it did, that would be really cool. Um, but that's... All the Marvel news we have this week, Marvel Studios, MCU-related news. We have some other X-Men news later on. But the DCEU talked about it a lot recently. We haven't talked a lot about Justice League, though. And according to the raps, Umberto Gonzalez, there will be a Green Lantern appearing in Justice League. Which one, though, is is what remains in question because he says it's one that has a funny-sounding name, meaning it's not... Hal Jordan, it's not John Stewart, it's not Kyle Rayner, it's not Guy Gardner. 
It's one of the obscure alien races that are, you know, one of the like 3,000 members oh, of, the, yeah. of the Green Lantern Corps. Um, he did go on to say, though, like this is not like a Periscope session where fans just ask him questions and stuff. And he did say that if WB casts their Green Lanterns in time, he wouldn't be surprised if they work them into that cameo as well. So what do you think about pretty much having final confirmation that at some level the Green Lanterns are going to be involved? Uh, well, I, I, I am all on board for it. Um, we got like a tip in the summer uh-huh. that someone was showing up to deliver a message. Yes. And it almost sounds like this is a placeholder in case they don't get there. Right. Well, know, it was cast. Uh, Umberto was the same guy who dropped the other Green Lantern tease as well. All so right. yeah. he's just kind of following this one up. Yeah, I mean, I, I love it. Uh, I would love to see it be someone different, even if they do get Green Lanterns cast, because I think it would be cooler later on to see uh, a reveal of how Jordan or Jon Stewart or whoever, you know, whichever Lantern version they decide to go with. And plus, it would be awesome to see, you know, just, I don't know what other species or races are out there in the Green Lanterns Corp, but see somebody awesome just pop up and be like, uh, what, what the heck is that? And yeah. then have them be like, be friendly after they just, you know, slain a bunch of aliens and then say, no, I'm here to help. Yeah. Okay, now this is coming or come, come with me. And then that's the end of the movie or mm-hmm. whatever happens. So I think that could be um, a way to lighten up ultimately what's probably going to get a little bit darker, you know, in Justice League. So yeah. I think that'll be a good reprieve. Yeah, I think uh, this makes a lot of sense. And I think it, I think. It works even better, like you said, that it's not going to be a human. Like, obviously, if they if the Justice League had just finished defeating Steppenwolf or just on the heels of doing it, they're they're making their final push, and then you know how Jordan comes floating in, and he's just in this all green suit, and all kind of like, who's this guy? Yeah, uh, they do that. Is he with you? Like, <laughs> no, I thought he was with you. Uh, they do that joke again, um, <laughs> but instead, like. They would be like, okay, that's weird. Why is there a human floating there? But they also have a speedster, mm-hmm. guy lives underwater, a cyborg, you know, a quote unquote, you know, Amazonian god, like a goddess, like, and then they have an alien of their own right with Superman. Like, they've seen a lot, but if like Kilowog or like some other like really obscure Green Lantern with just like, who's just like obviously an alien comes floating in and it's like, we need your help. And they're like, uh, what? Yeah. Who, who are you? Like, <laughs> what? What is happening? And then later on, become comes the reveal that you know there's a Green Lantern from Earth, or there's multiple from Earth, and they're kind of guarding this whole section. I think that would be a great way to introduce them without drawing the comparisons between like the 2011 Green Lantern and whatever version yeah. the DCU tries to do now. Keep keep the Ryan Reynolds film as far away for as long as possible. I yes. think would be a great idea. Yeah, um, but the topic we've been talking about the most with DC in the last two months, it seems like. Two years? No, we can't be right. we, can, we can't even do it for two years, but I mean, since the turn of the new year, it's been Batman. That's pretty much been all the news around DC. What's happening? Is Ben Affleck out? Who's going to direct the movie? And it finally looks like, after all this time, we actually have a director that's going to stay on board Hopefully, because WB made the official announcement that Matt Reeves closed talks. He is officially directing the Batman. That's the official title. And 
we have a director. What a month. I mean, <laughs> when it started with speculation after Affleck s- stepped down, and then it became, oh, okay, Reeves is definitely the front runner to direct. That is, Reeves is directing, Reeves is not directing, Reeves is directing. Yes. So here we are. It's official, and uh, I'm glad. I'm happy. Uh, it's who I wanted as soon as his name popped up on screen. And the guy is a pinch hitter. Uh, I've said it, I think, on prior episodes, but he's done right by the Planet of the Apes movies. Cloverfield is just as good. And uh, I think he's going to put this movie on the right track. Because when talks broke down, um, that he wasn't going to make concessions. And I would find it crazy that Matt Reeves would be the one uh, that caved, right? Yeah, I mean, when this happened, I was just kind of like, oh, thank goodness. <laughs> thank goodness. Same here. For now, as of, you know, this, what is it, February 25th that we're recording this? As of February 25th, the Batman has a director. It's an official director, not one that's in talks. This is one that WB issued a statement saying he is our guy. He is not only directing, he's also producing. He'll probably end up writing parts of it as well, or at least you know, re- helping with the rewrites and stuff that Terry is doing. Um, and I mean, yeah, it just, it just feels good that, you know, this announcement is now official. The reports are that the recent talks kind of fell out initially was cause WB was lowballing him. And it's like giving him less than like a typical director would make for a blockbuster of this size. So then he was like, I'm not doing it if you're not going to pay me and like give me like, all this creative control and stuff. But so the, obviously they came to their senses and did that, which I, I'm so on board for. I love uh, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Uh, Cloverfield's a really good movie as well. Uh, and I'm super pumped for War of the Planet of the Apes. I Like there's like early buzz that it could be even better than Dawn, which is just like... That would be crazy. Whew. Like, that, yeah, that's a, that's a tough bar to beat. It had Gary Oldman, okay? <laughs> this one has Woody, Har- Woody Harrelson though. So I think it's possible. Um the, the thing about this that this was interesting to me, and it wasn't like I'm trying to look for like bad news or anything, but you know, when the press release came out, I was reading it, and I'm just like reading the whole thing, every line, and there was no mention of Ben Affleck, and I'm like, what? Sure. It was so weird because like, like after this, people started to catch this as well, and people are like, okay, well, you know, this is an announcement about Matt Reeves. This is not the focus is not on you know. Ben Affleck and whether or not he's involved. This is about Matt Reeves is on board and you should be happy about it, which I completely understand. I, I'm completely behind because I am excited that Matt Reeves is now officially directing the movie, but it was just like, why isn't he met? Like, why isn't Reeves in his official statement mentioning I'm pumped to work with Ben Affleck, you know, or there's a mention that, you know, Matt Reeves is directing Ben Affleck's, the Batman or something like it was just it was just weird phrasing WB since like afterwards and people started like uh like the, everybody's eyebrows were raised and like right. why is this happening WB then confirmed he is still doing this and then you know Ben Affleck went, took to Twitter and he was like welcome to the Bat Caves Matt Reeves yeah. so again he as of you know February twenty fifth at six oh five he is still saying publicly that he is attached to star. He will star in the movie, but I think it still raises the question. Can we trust these statements from Ben Affleck specifically? I believe 
with all my heart that Matt Reeves is going to stick, that he's going to make it through, and he's going to be the director of the Batman, regardless what happens with Affleck. But do you do you trust that Affleck oh. is going to be involved? I, oh, absolutely, I do. I mean, uh, as bad as Batman or Batman Ben <laughs> Affleck's relationship seems to be with the DC properties. He still has a great relationship with Warner brothers. They're still working on future projects with him. So I, I would be shocked to see him, uh, uh, you know, recant one of the movies that he's signed on to do. So, um, I think he's absolutely in, in this Batman movie and in at least one more justice league movie going forward. Yeah. It's interesting because there's really no, there's no, other answer Ben Affleck can give at this point. You know, he can't say publicly like if he had if he had tweeted here are the keys of the bat cave, I'd be like, that's interesting phrasing because <laughs> sure. are you then are you giving up your keys? Like um what does this mean? So I I do think this is his only option. Like he can't come out and say, I'm not doing it guys, because then Justice League stock just drops through the floor because mm-hmm. Who wants to see Justice League when that's not even the Batman that's going to be in the DCEU moving forward? So I think the real testament will be when this movie starts shooting, whether that's the end of this year, early next year, if he is still involved. I think that's once Justice League comes out, I think that's when the truth will really come out, whether or not he is. I think for the next you know nine months until that point, we're going to have to put up with rumors of, you know, is he on? Is he off? You know, he still doesn't want to play the character anymore. He doesn't want to do this or he does want to do this. Um, but if we operate under the assumption that he is going to be on the Batman, he is going to play Bruce Wayne one more time, at least, do you think he will stick around for multiple films after that? I think it highly depends on Justice League's reception and how the Batman turns out. Mm -hmm. And with Matt Reeves on board, I think the odds are looking higher than they did uh, him exiting in the director chair for the project. Right. And like, I think you don't, you don't get Matt Reeves to do one movie. I think you probably have clauses or an understanding behind the scenes that if the Batman does well and it's received well and stuff, we're going to bring you back for another one, Mm -hmm. or we're going to give you justice league two or something. Um, They're going to reward him. If he give if, you know, if Reeves oh, gives them a really great good. Batman film. I never thought about connecting the dots between the directorless Justice League 2 and Matt Reeves because that I, could be huge. Yeah, I think – and the thing is then, you know, obviously I do, I do agree with you that it largely depends on the reception of these movies. But if WB wants the Batman to come out in 2019, they have to start production at the beginning of 2018 at the latest. So you're gonna we're gonna find out. I mean, it's it's a long ways away from right now, but after the fallout of Justice League, we're gonna find out rather quickly what's really happening with this project. And I I don't have the feeling that Affleck wants to play this character for another decade. You know, like to me. You know, I, th- I feel like he was probably excited initially, but the reception to BVS, how this whole thing's shaken up with him, the constant questions. He hates being just bombarded with Batman questions. Like He's like, nobody's asking me about my other projects. All they care about is Batman. Mm-hmm. And I get that's frustrating, 
but you have to know what you signed up for at the same yeah. time. And I think for him, he's probably thinking, I'm only I'm only under contract to do one more movie, and that's the Batman. And after that, I probably won't come back. And if that's the case, and if he is told WB that, that he doesn't want to come back after the Batman, regardless of how it's received, regardless of how much money they'll pay him or anything, I think it's best for them just to pull the Band-Aid off now and recast coming straight off of Justice League because otherwise you're just looking at a mess of continuity if the Batman comes out with Ben Affleck and then you're like, nope, we've got somebody else. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, you'll have to deal with some fan fan uproar right? or, 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 or entitlement maybe. I don't know. But if they're going to make their movies uh, um, – yeah, I mean they're gonna go ahead and just do it. But getting, I think getting someone that's excited about it is important uh, f- for whatever your movie is. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I think we may see a different side of him come uh, December. You know, after Justice League's been out, mm-hmm. and we there's it, it'll be a, I think it'll be a whole new atmosphere uh, for him because I think the guys had a rough last fifteen months. Yeah. So. Um, I think it's. I think a wait and see approach would be best served here. Right. But because Matt Reeves is on board. Exactly. I'm stoked. And I am stoked about that. But there's also, you know, the thing is, the crazy thing about this project now is now that Matt Reeves is on board, it's going to be a while before we hear anything else about this movie. Oh sure. Like unless there's rumors popping up about the continuing that oh Reeves isn't happy with this section of the movie or Affleck wants to leave because of this. Like, unless there's those rumors, like we're not going to hear casting announcements. We're not going to hear script updates. I mean, frankly, Matt Reeves can't even start on this movie until like August because he's still editing away at war for the planet of the apes. That's a CGI heavy movie. So he's not going to stop working on that oh, yeah. <laughs> to start working on the Batman. Instead, he's going to all of his attention is on war for the planet of the apes right now up until July. And then even after July, you still have all the press circuits to do all around the world. And throughout that whole time, he's not going to be like in his hotel room at 4 a.m. after 12 hours of interviews, you know, doing script rewrites on the Batman. Oh, like, sure. yeah. He's not he's not going to be thinking about the Batman for a long time. So I think if everything runs smooth, I think honestly the best thing for the Batman would be for us not to have to talk about the movie until like until November. It'd be good for our psyches too. <laughs> right. But like, it's just like, that means that we're not getting news about development, which typically means everything's running smoothly mm-hmm. or they're just trying to hide up some huge disaster happening behind the scenes. But if that was happening, people would find out really quickly. Oh yeah. So nobody ever leaks when things are going well. <laughs> exactly. So my hope is now with Reeves on board, this is kind of the last of the Batman drama we hear about for a long time. And then come, you know, late October when Ben starts doing the press circuits and stuff for Justice League, then I think we'll start to get a better idea. Um, but it also could depend on our next bit of news, I think, you know, whether or not Affleck is still going to stay on board long haul. Oh, is that so? Because Nightwing, <gasps> according to the Hollywood Reporter, has now been given his own movie. It's now like the 25,000th movie that uh, WB has announced yes. to be in production or some stage of production. And it's going to be Dick Grayson as Nightwing. He's going to get his own movie. 
And if that wasn't good enough, Chris McKay, the director of the Lego Batman movie, which features Dick Grayson, is going to be directing this movie. It is live action, and it's written by uh, Bill DeBuque, uh, who wrote The Accountant, starring Ben Affleck, ironically enough. So what do you think about this news? What? Of all the things to come out of this week, this was the most surprising. Uh, I mean, not that Christopher McKay is getting the spot because that guy has the keys to the kingdom now. I mean, Lego Batman uh, was incredible, uh, so to say the least. But getting a Nightwing movie, probably my favorite character in the DC universe, aside from Batman, you know, mm-hmm. aside from the main people, of course. Um, he's your favorite sidekick. <laughs> yeah, but he's not his own. He's his own, he's his own fun version exactly. of Batman who doesn't take himself so seriously. It's, it's, it's the exact movie that I would want Chris uh, McKay to do because he doesn't have to be dark about it. Yep. Sure, there's Gotham, but uh, Dick Grayson has been, you know, orphaned, yes, but Batman, you know, kind of turns him around and does what he never had done for him mm-hmm. like parents family all that jazz so uh getting to see nightwing uh running her through the streets of gotham bloodhaven wherever yeah. he hangs out at that's gonna be awesome especially with chris uh back at the director's home yeah i thought this announcement definitely caught me by surprise because it came like only a couple hours after the reeves announcement so it's just like dc fans were already like feeling good because the Batman finally has a director, and then the news comes that Batman sidekick is getting his own movie, which I think is really cool because I do I love Nightwing as a character. I think he is you know he's the B level Batman in a sense, but he's also oh, yeah. a totally different character because you know in the like a lot of the times Batman's the guy going, my team can't come with me. I'm gonna do this by myself. While Dick is over there saying, Batman, you need us. Right. Like. You may not want to admit it, but you need us, you know, just as much as we need you at times. And I, I like that that relationship that they have, and it's very father son, obviously, uh, mentor mentee. And I think it just gives DC another young hero to potentially bring into the full department. On what age range they want to go? Um, I mean, they could go really young with Dick, but I feel like if he's Nightwing already, there's already been the Jason Todd incident and stuff. He's got to be in his like mid 20s late 20s something like there well dick grayson's the first kid up right i remember correctly right and then it's jason todd yeah then there's somebody else after that who i don't even remember yeah so like if if jason's already died then dick's obviously got to be older than him yep ben affleck's 44 i think 45 Mm -hmm. so i think a 25 year old kid would basically once when ben affleck is in his or his this this version of Batman's in his prime as a superhero, you have a fifteen, sixteen year old kid running around with you in the Robin suit who ultimately then becomes Nightwing. And yeah, Chris McKay, like at first when I saw this news, I thought it was for a Nightwing Lego, Lego movie and I was like, yeah. Oh my gosh, this is amazing <laughs> because Michael Cera was so good, I was like, I would totally watch his uh, like him and his own movie. Like that'd be awesome. But then I was like the fact that he, the fact that he is now being rewarded for doing such a good job with the Batman property and understanding those characters so well that he's giving his a live action version, I think, is a great move. Even though I am curious how he's going to make that, you know, switch to live action, how he's going to handle it. We've seen animation directors like Brad Bird do that really well with 
going from the Incredibles to the Mission Impossible franchise. But you you never know. There's uh, there's it's a whole different ball game. So if there is one concern, it would be that for me. Um, but I do think this is. I, I do like this move a lot. I feel like it just gives it gets me one step close to a Titans movie, which uh, yeah, I'm absolutely. super pumped for. Or just more Bat, the Bat family. Give me like Batwoman, uh, Batgirl. Give me you know all those characters. Exactly that whole slew of team. Yeah, uh, I I am super excited for like I mean, the Titans is actually the best possible scenario that can come out of this, mm-hmm. and I really hope that's the case. Yeah, I feel like. Batman's definitely. I mean, assuming Affleck is committed to the DCU, I feel like he has to appear in this movie because, or Nightwing is going to appear in the Batman. Either or both, probably more likely, will happen. Um, it'll be interesting how quickly this movie develops to see what they want to do timeline wise. Um, because, like I said, this is just the latest movie to be announced by DC, right. and continuing to just add more movies without adding. Or switching updates or anything. Um, I do think it is curious though, because it was so close to the Matt Reeves announcement that I think there is a distinct, there's a legitimate possibility that Nightwing will appear in the Batman, the Batman will end with Bruce Wayne dying, and then you could have a Nightwing movie focused on Nightwing, obviously, and the aftermath, and the aftermath of the death of his mentor. He could have to pick up the pieces of the Bat family, um, struggle with, do I take on that mantle of Batman? Do I stay Nightwing? What do I do here? Uh, I feel like that would be a really interesting possibility to go, even though it would basically negate Dick from being part of the Titans. Because if he's he's Batman, he's a Justice League member. So I feel like you could go multiple ways with this. Again, it just largely depends for me, in my mind, depends on what Affleck's future is with the franchise. Yeah, that's 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 for certain. Um but yeah, uh uh all the hype around this. I mean, not the hype, but I'm hyped about this uh and I hope I can stay with it, yes. you know, going forward. Do you have any potential casting decisions um, you'd want to see? Yeah, I thought about this. Uh and he, possibly if he promises to act well, Liam Hensworth. Whoa. I, I know if he, but he's my long shot like i like you know if worst case scenario but uh-huh. i would like riz ahmed yeah to get it I've seen I, that I'm, suggestion. I'm really high on him um and if, if he's not busy oscar isaac would be great and i'm not just picking star wars people here okay i just, I just <laughs> genuinely love these people um and uh i thought about it maybe i don't know if it's too bold for warner brothers but uh rj seiler He's going to be free, I think. Oh, that'd be interesting. Because um, um, there is like a, an African-American Robin yeah. at one point. I can't remember what his name is, though. No idea over here. Um, but like he's like in like the, the Batman Detectives comics right now. Um, but that'd be cool. I think, obviously, I mean, there's a lot of different ways you can go. The first one that came to my mind was Logan Lerman. Um, I don't know how oh, yeah. how good he is with acrobatics and everything but i feel like he stun doubles yeah but like you know the more you can do the better because like that's what makes tom holland such a great spider-man he can literally do all the stunts basically himself um the other ones i've thought of dylan o'brien i think would be a really good choice as well um but who knows what's happening with mace runner and everything um 
Zach Efron, I've seen his suggestion a Ooh. lot. I don't know if I like that, but I wouldn't necessarily be completely against it right. either. Um, just because right now, all I think of with Efron is R-rated comedies. Yeah, so it's like, sure. how do you make that transition? Well, he, he's making the transition now. I mean, dude, the, I, I, we'll get to the greatest moment later, but I, I like that idea. Right, but like... I know what you're saying. Musicals and comedies are much different than an action-heavy superhero movie. So where does that come in? Uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson is a name I've seen thrown around a lot, who is Quicksilver in the MCU. I don't hate it, yeah. I could could get behind that. And the one, because there's already, you know, people, you know, screaming that, you know, Nightwing is from Romania, so he needs to be a Romanian actor, and, you know, he... You know, we need a non-white person to be Nightwing. Sure. Yeah. If definitely. WB wants to go that direction, I'll be totally cool with it, even though, I mean, necessarily, that's not necessarily how he's always been portrayed in the comics. I don't really care either yeah. way. If they do want to do diversify it a little bit, Dev Patel, I think, would be a crazy good choice. That would be, oh, throw out everything I just said. Yeah, so uh, <gasps> there's a... Uh, I haven't seen Lion yet, but... There's some, cons- there's some like, fan art of Dev Patel as Nightwing... Uh, Screen Rant wrote a, like wrote an article about it. If you want to see that, check it out. It's it's really good, and it'll like it'll definitely be like I saw it. And I was like, yeah, I would definitely get behind that. He's in the perfect place in his career. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's just he's moved on from he's done dramatic acting. Um, the newsroom. He did his dramatic uh, movie. I mean, Lion. I need to see that still. He's really uh, good in Lion. Yeah, and w- when you look at that guy, I mean, he just he's yes, he's perfect. Yeah. So uh, I I think any of those I'd be happy with. Um, I'd be happy with Dave Patel. Quickly to wrap this up, I do think there's an interesting debate you could have with this announcement. Is is the DCU too Batman focused? Oh yes, definitely. Because I mean we have Batman v Superman, we had Suicide Squad, which is filled with basically all Batman villains. Um, we have you know Batman's obviously gonna be in Justice League. We have Gotham City Sirens getting their own movie, which is going to be all Batman characters as well. Batman's getting his own movie. Nightwing now has his own movie. We're going to get a Suicide Squad 2 eventually with more Batman villains as well. Um, I feel like half their slate is all Batman-related properties, which isn't a wrong, isn't necessarily a wrong thing, but I am also... The idea of the DCU interests me because I want to see Green Lantern have their own movie. I want to see a Flash movie starring Ezra Miller. I think that'd be awesome. Um... I want to see, you know, a Martian Manhunter movie. Like, there's so many different possibilities. Even like a Green Arrow movie, I think, done right, could be really, really cool, especially with Black Canary. Um, there's so many options where I feel like I don't want to see, even though as much as I love Batgirl, Batwoman, the whole Bat family and everything, all the lore behind that, if I wanted just, or if WB wanted to just focus on Batman, just spin off from the Dark Knight trilogy and bring in Joseph Gordon-Levitt to be Robin and move that franchise forward that way and do it at all. Um, you could have done it then. You of didn't. Course. So now that you're kind of, you're pushing it as the DCEU, not the Batman Cinematic Universe, I would like to see them put as much effort into their other projects as they seem to be putting in Batman. But they floated the Lobo movie, so that means they care about other stuff. <laughs> no. Uh, I know what you're saying, but I, I think it's I think a lot of it is that a, a, a lot of DC properties are more space focused. I mean, like when you think about it, right. you deal with a lot more aliens and other creatures. 
as opposed to Marvel, who has a lot of grounded superheroes. Um, now they're moving into the unknown regions because uh, they've had such success. Right. Uh, and with Warner Brothers off to a rocky start and not having, you know, people clamoring for um, every property imaginable, uh, I think it makes sense to monetize what you have. I just hope they do it well because uh, we didn't get that with like Suicide Squad, for instance. So uh, I agree with you 100%. It's all, I mean, it's all Batman. But it's all stuff I've loved, so I guess I really, <laughs> I don't have a kind of any room to complain for myself. Right, and like I, I get it from their perspective. Batman sells out of BVS. Ben Affleck's Batman was the best thing about it. They they're coming fresh off basically of the Dark Knight trilogy, which made them a ton of money, and they know if they make a Batman movie or have any movie with starring Batman, that movie's gonna make a lot of money. So I get it from their perspective, but I I'm also, you know, DC has a large number of characters that they can do. And I don't want to see them just burn out all their Batman characters without, you know, experimenting with the other lesser known characters because they don't think it'll be as big a box office hit. As long as it's a good movie, it's going to, it's going to make money. Mm-hmm. So you can make a booster gold comedy movie and it'll work. If, as long as it's good, you can make a green arrow movie, you can make a Hulk girl movie. You can make an Adam movie, make a whole legends of tomorrow style TV or movie like the TV show is there's so many options. I don't want to see them just be focused on Batman because they know it's going to sell regardless of the quality. Yeah. And it's, it's going to come from them trusting directors to make the movies, uh, trusting people with different ideas and different styles to take over those properties and make them their own. Um, or else you were going to get a, a bland souped up action movie. And if that's what we're going to have, then I want to, people are going to want to see what they love already. Right. So that's it for DC. Uh, we're going to have, we have a couple, we have a lot of X-Men stories to get to, but there's a couple that are just kind of quicker stories that we'll kind of try to speed through rather quickly. Uh, the first one being that, uh, excuse me, Gambit is going to potentially be shooting next year. According to Simon Kimberg, he told Latino review movies, online that they expect gambit to start production at the beginning of 2018 do you believe them no i don't believe them because we've been teased before about when gambit started production like five times yeah and i think a few times i've thought hey gambit didn't no it's not i was wrong it was supposed um, to come out in theaters last year yeah <laughs> i i loved i love this quote because kimberg's putting the best possible spin on it mm-hmm. uh he makes it sound like we're taking our time because we want to get this right. Right. And I was all about that. That that was actually really endearing to me. Um, I, I conjured up an image of Channing Tatum picking up the script and messing around with it. I don't know if he writes scripts. Maybe he does. Probably Maybe he not. Uh, but I imagine whoever's doing the script, whoever's doing the story, whoever's involved, uh, saying, let's get this character right and try to follow the act of um, the last movie, Deadpool. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the a little-known character who had a huge success. And if this, maybe if they put their focus on turning this thing into an Oceans-esque movie, I think they have a hit on their hands. Uh, So I hope they get it right, and I'm looking forward to it probably starting production in 2018. Yeah, I don't know if I necessarily, I believe, I I would buy that they believe this is the plan. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is what they're planning to do, but do I necessarily buy that this is going to happen? I don't, just because... 
this movie doesn't have a director at this point. Obviously, you know, if the movie's not going to start filming for another year, they have a lot of time to find one. But at the same time, this movie has had nothing but setbacks for basically two years. So why is it turning around now? And he's saying, we don't, we don't even have a finalized script yet. You should probably get that figured out and finalized before you're thinking about production start dates and everything. So, uh, I'll stick with my stance on Gambit. I'll believe the movie's happening when I am in the theater and the credits are rolling <laughs> and I just finished watching the hour 45, two hour movie, whatever it's going to be. Fair enough. Uh, but the other update we got, or one of the other updates we got on X-Men was about the Fantastic Four also coming from Kinberg. All these quotes are basically from Kinberg because he's a producer on Logan. So the Logan press tour is happening right now. And he told Collider in response to whether or not we're going to see more of the Fantastic Four, quote, I have no idea. I think the trust, or I think the truth is we would not make another Fantastic Four movie until it was ready to be made. One of the lessons we learned on that last movie is that we want to make sure we get it 100% right because we will not get another chance with the fans, which he is correct in saying, but he is also like, I don't know when the rights expire. I don't know when they revert back which to me tells me they don't care because they're going to let them go back or they already are back at Marvel. We don't know about it because they made some secret deal. Um, I think this is just another way of saying we don't have plans for the X-Men because we don't know what we're going to do with it. And Michael B. Jordan went to Marvel Studios anyways, so <laughs> what are we going to do there? Um, so eventually I think at some point, we're, I feel like we're just getting closer and closer to the announcement that the Fantastic Four back at Marvel and they're going to get a movie at the start of Phase 4 or something. And there's no better time for it, too. I mean, he, he, he clearly dodged a lot of the Fantastic Four stuff in this, in this. He didn't talk about it a lot, and he gave a lot of non-answers to specific yeah. questions. Uh, so I would not be shocked if, come Infinity Wars, there's an announcement oh, or yeah. something. Because that's the door to the intergalactic sphere of um, Marvel Mm -hmm. and what better time to interject the first family. Uh, I think I've said this before, you know, put that that's the best possible place because the fantastic four deals with space and dimensions Mm -hmm. and all that stuff, you know, on a daily basis with their films. And they would be a great way to be a great uh, stone, you know, in whatever phase that they have going for him next. Right. Especially if Marvel does plan to kill off a lot of their mainstay Avengers, whether that's Iron Man, Captain America, Hulk, Hawkeye, Black Widow, whoever that is, if they're going to kill off a lot of heroes, there's no better way to replenish a universe full than to bring in a, you know, a four, a group of four who are some of Marvel's earliest characters who can then be with Captain Marvel, with Black Panther, with Doctor Strange, be the headliners moving forward. So we'll have to wait and see if that happens. But we also got an update on the X-Force movie. Collider reported this week in an exclusive report that Joe Carnahan, guy who's been very busy recently doing Uncharted, Bad Boys 3, and just more recently announced that he's going to be doing the Raid remake. He is now writing the screenplay for X-Force, which a couple minutes later, comicbook.com followed up that saying he is... Uh, co-writing or no he is also in talks to or he's going to direct the movie as well so 
what do you think about this I, possibility? That's, you just announced, you kind of talked about what he's got upcoming. Yeah. It sounds next to impossible for him to get all of that done and meet a, an X-Force date. But that aside, I love it uh, completely. Um, X-Force is, you know, probably two years away, depending on what Deadpool sets up for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, Joe Carnahan has turned in fantastic action movie scripts and movies uh, all the time. Um, so if there's anybody penning that script along with, you know, the crew that Fox assembled for Deadpool, uh, I, I'm all about it. I mean, what do you think? Yeah, I think if this happens, I, I like the fact that he's at least writing the script no matter what. Uh, I think he's, you know, a, a, I like his fit that he would have with the X-Force and that, that R-rated nature, the violence and everything. Uh, and I'd probably be more on board once we find out who's playing like Domino and Cable and whoever else they're going to bring into X-Force. Um, but I, yeah, like you said, like, there's just so many projects where it's just like, where does this fit into his schedule? Like he said, he wants to make the raid as soon as possible. Um, but he has to start filming bad boys three at the end of the year. He's only writing uncharted so that his duties could already be done on that. For all we know, um, leaving just the raid bad boys three and X forces projects. Yes. He has in development to write and direct. So, but like you said, like this movie is a couple years away at right now. Like it's not coming out next year. It'll probably start production. I would guess next year, depending on how heavily Deadpool two sets up X force as a movie. So, I mean, he could have a year and a half before production need to begin. So if he films bad boys three from late this year to early next year, and then he does a quick 30, 40 day shoot on the raid, depending on how big that movie is uh, shortly after then I, I think it's I think he could have time to fit it in uh, sometime next or 2018 for production come out 2019 or if it has to come out 2020 I don't think that's a, the worst case scenario either I just think he's a nice choice to bring into the X-Men fold oh yeah definitely and uh, I mean worst case scenario the guy writes the script EP's on it and we've got somebody else probably just as good directing that movie uh, so uh great news yeah so uh and yeah comic book said that he would be co-writing with ryan reynolds which collider says that's not necessarily the case and that he is not on board to direct yet but it could happen so still details being worked out and the details are also still being worked on for simon kinberg specifically we've known for a while he is writing the next x-men movie uh believed to be titled x-men supernova and collider reported this week that uh, he's not only writing the movie, but that there is a strong likelihood that he will direct the movie as well, which is interesting and a little worrisome for me because this would not just be his first live action movie. This would be his first time directing anything, commercial, TV, animated show, YouTube program or anything. He's, he hasn't directed anything before. But he has a he has been a producer on basically like all the latest X Men movies. So he's and he's really all hands on. He's on set a lot. So I don't I wouldn't be totally against the idea because I think it'd be an interesting choice, especially if, since Brian Singer's not coming back. Sure. 
Kinberg knows this universe inside and out, and especially these characters. So if he is the choice, I'll be okay. But the fact that he's never directed before does caution, make me caution a little bit. Andy is only in talk. This is not confirmed at this point, and Kinberg has said so since this report came out saying it's something that's being discussed. There no, nothing, Nothing's finalized. It could change. So who knows if it'll actually be the case or not. Yeah, and I've got two... There's two ways to think about this. It's one to say Simon Kinberg is actually a genius, and the last two movies that he's written haven't turned out great because there's been a miscommunication between writer, director, and studio. Well, his, his last two were Apocalypse and Days of Future Past. Yeah. You don't like Days of Future Past? I like Days of Future Past, but I don't think it's super great. I think it, I think it gets a little worse with time, but yeah. I still think it's a I still think it's like a top five oh, X Men yeah. movie. It had Hugh Jackman. In it. Um, yeah, but I mean, <laughs> like just like his ability to write in all that, you know, merging basically two separate trilogies together. Mm-hmm. I think was a really really nice job. Yeah, the opening still by, by far I think is one of the best sequences in X Men movies, mm-hmm. um, outside of maybe X 2s school scene with Hugh Jackman and all the kids. I thought yeah. that was phenomenal. Um, anyway. Either he's super great and him getting the director's chair would mean his vision is going right from his head uh, onto the screen or it's the other way around and directors have been maybe cleaning up some clumsiness uh, Mm -hmm. of his script because Apocalypse is really fresh in my mind and I just, I can't, I just can't stop thinking about how uh, how lightweight that movie was for everything that it blew up and destroyed Mm -hmm. and, you know, uh, everything that it was so i'll be i'm very interested to see what happens here because i think i wouldn't be surprised if he could do it i'm sure he can um one of my favorite writers is finally directing and i have all the faith in the world of him especially if he's hands-on a lot of aaron sorkin's a little different than simon kinberg though well you think well you said he's hands-on sorkin's hands-on i'm saying i'm saying i think sorkin's on a different level of like a known reputable writer than Kinberg sure. is like, I feel like they're, they're on different levels okay. of the writing play field. I can't believe stuff. you knew who I was talking about there. Well, I mean, it's, it's not it's hard. It's not too. hard. <laughs> if you, any, if you guys could ever hear our pre-recording, it's always Josh talking about the West wing. Yeah. It's, it's, it's uh, yeah. Check out the West wing podcast, West wing <laughs> weekly podcast too. I, uh, they're doing good stuff over there. Anyway, uh, I'm, I'm down for this and I'm interested to see if it's, him that's great or like what's what's the disconnect between these scripts and these movies lately Mm -hmm. so uh but i've got faith yeah and to speak to his being a potential first-time director on this movie uh on meet the movie press this last week uh simon thompson kind of hinted that there could be something else in development for kinberg to get his uh first directing gig underneath him before he would tackle this so could be interesting to see whether or not that plays out yeah. uh, or what project that is uh, you know whether it's tv or an animated whether he directs an episode of rebels or something like you, you never know because he's a writer on that show as well but moving to deadpool 2 drew goddard is now writing helping write the script according to collider as well uh initially it was reported that paul wernick and rhett reese were had basically left the project uh which i was 
really worried about at first. Um, but Ryan Reynolds has since confirmed that they are still very much involved and Goddard is basically just helping them do finishing touches and stuff on the movie. So do you like the addition of Goddard joining the cast or not the cast, but joining the production crew yeah, of Deadpool two? Definitely. Because I mean, you're get it's, you worry about continuity a little bit, but when you have people of this caliber jumping in and jumping off and maybe giving passes at it mm-hmm. or adding their ideas to something that they already think is great, um, I've, I think I, I like to think that this is just people thinking, we've got all these great ideas. What do you think of all these great ideas? Oh, here's some more great ideas. Yeah. Can you help us pack these great ideas into this thing? Oh, great. Even mm-hmm. even greater. That's not a good way to phrase it. But uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Deadpool didn't disappoint the first time around and they've got just about everybody that worked on that working on it again. Um, minus Tim Miller, of mm. course, but I'm sure he's still got plenty of thoughts for it. Mm. Uh, I would doubt that. Really? I oh. feel like he, he's basic. I mean, if he, if he, he's leaving over creative differences, I feel like their visions aren't very close. Then. That's true. <laughs> but, uh, as long as the full, as long as the core of Deadpool, which I don't think is, destructible in any way i mean i don't think anybody could really screw that up uh i i'm down for this are you worried about so many people getting your hands on it no i mean goddard's a great screenwriter i mean he was he was shepherding daredevil season one at first before he left to go do sinister six at sony which ultimately is not <laughs> yeah. happening so i feel really bad for him sometimes that that happened but he was still the guy who laid the foundation for what Daredevil season one would be. And I love that show. He wrote the Martian for Ridley Scott. You talked about earlier movie. I really enjoy as well. He wrote or directed. I can't, which one cabin in the woods, really fun movie as well. So I think he's, he's a, he's a great fit with them. And I am, if the announcement was still that Wernick and Reese were off, then I'd be really worried because then I'd be like, well, what is happening with this movie? And I'd, it, it, it'd give me cause for concern, especially for Reynolds, because I feel like if he basically forced off the first director and the two writers, that this is just his vision and he has no hold back basically. And if he did and you told him, well, what if we did this instead? He's like, no, you're off. Yeah. So the fact that they're still involved and they're just bringing in Goddard to help, I think I think it's a good move. Yeah, and one note on the Martian script. Uh, I've picked up the book, and Andy Weir, who wrote it, uh, it doesn't do a good job of explaining things as much as... So when Goddard kind of deciphered that into the Ridley Scott movie, uh, he did a phenomenal job. Okay. So He's a great guy. Uh, another great guy, which uh, unfortunately is coming to an end. Hugh Jackman's career as Wolverine is... A week away from ending, uh, as terrible as that may be for some, uh, I'll probably cry. I don't know if that's actually going to happen, but you never know. It's very um, possible. And <laughs> it made me really sad this week because Hugh Jackman said, basically, if I, w- if I could be in the Avengers, I wouldn't retire. <laughs> I'm like, no. <laughs> it's literally my dream. Yeah, the um, one thing we're dying for to happen. Yeah, which... I'll, I'll read you his quotes before I get into what I would hope I wish could happen with this. But he said he told Screen Rant uh, during the press junket for Logan last week, quote, uh, if that was on the table when I made my decision, it certainly would have made me pause. That's for sure, because I always love the idea of him within that dynamic with the Hulk, obviously with Iron Man. But there's a lot of smarter people with MBAs who can't figure that out. 
He went on to say then, quote, at the moment, honestly, if I really did have them there, meaning, you know, the Marvel Cinematic Universe heroes and that option, um, quote, I probably wouldn't have said this is the last. It just feels like this is the right time to leave the character. So makes me sad because I really, that would be so cool to have Hugh Jackman's Wolverine crossover um, with the Marvel Cinematic Universe, maybe in 10 years or something, if Fox and Marvel ever, you know, decide to play nice with each other and they do one mega crossover event, then they can somehow get Jackman back out of retirement just to do one quick thing as like Logan where he's even older than he is in you know, Logan <laughs> or he, you know, I don't know. Obviously I have no idea how that movie ends, but uh, he is still around and then they're going to him and say, well, you help us. And he just like F off. And yeah. <laughs> you're just like, oh, great. He just yeah. told, he just told Tony Stark to like F himself or something like that would be perfect. I could Im- imagining Robert Johnny Jr.'s reaction to that too. It'd just be, like his face go. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. Uh, I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah. It'd be awesome. Um, it's never going to happen, unfortunately, but it was still like after I read these quotes, I was like, it would be really great if like Marvel just brought in Jackman to make a cameo, not as Wolverine, but yeah. just as like some like background character. Unnamed and, like, associate. Yeah. And there's like, <laughs> you know, like during like Infinity War, if there's like some huge montage of all the characters watching Thanos arrive and then there's like Hugh Jackman sitting at a table, like just drinking like a cup of coffee and you just like. Yeah. Oh, that's weird. Or like he says, like I've seen weirder. Yeah, and you're like, oh, like, it just kind of like hints towards something else, but obviously, like it doesn't. I don't sure. know how they could get away with it legally or not, but uh, man, I wish I wish this could happen because uh, it's everything. Absolutely, and I mean, because you you put Hugh Jackman up there with the greatest people to ever you know kind of play a superhero. Oh yeah, uh, I would almost I would put him right next to Christian Bale, mm-hmm. uh, probably probably even above. I mean, depending on how assuming this movie is what I think it is, I think it's above. Um, and then, you know, you kind of go down the list from there. Uh, yeah. Iron Man, uh, Chris Evans, mm-hmm. and, you know, everything like that. So then to see him on screen interacting with all your favorite people, knowing that they they do exist in this yeah. world together, and, and they're often always going toe-to-toe in a lot of the comics, you know, like Avengers versus X-Men. Like, that's, mm-hmm. a, that's a great series. Uh so yeah, like, and then when you just talk about all the possibilities that you could have with his character, um, I, I almost hope they do go that route of, oh, he's retired, so he's not playing that character yeah. anymore. So maybe they could, you know, just drop him in there for a one line, yeah. but give him a, a an accreditation that's, yeah. you know, weaves its way through the legal loopholes yeah. and such. It would be great. I mean, it's, it's uh, like, again, it's probably never going to happen, but... If if it ever did, depending on I mean, I think Logan's going to be the best, you know, appearance of Wolverine we've ever seen on screen. And like, I agree with you. I mean, he's definitely up there with he can go toe to toe with anybody, depending on is he the best to ever be a superhero role because long longevity, the commitment to his body to just like do this role for seventeen years, like it's nuts. Uh, and it looks like he's saved his best performance for last. So if it ever could happen. I'm keeping my fingers crossed for the next, you know, nine, you know, however long I live, I'm going to keep those totally. fingers crossed that this could happen. Um, but I'm not going to be keeping my fingers crossed for Patrick Stewart to appear in any more X-Men movies after Logan, because he confirmed after a recent screening of the movie, 
that uh, this is it. He's going to retire just like Hugh Jackman. Um, and this kind of doubles back on some comments he had said before that he he's still ready, willing to play the character if you know Fox ever wanted him to. But then this latest screening, he was just watching it with Hugh Jackman, and they said like, in the final moments of the film, uh, I think Jackman grabbed Stewart's hand, or it was the other way around, and Jackman was like wiping a tear away from his eye, and then Stewart was like, I didn't realize it, but I was doing the same thing, and it just felt like this is the way it should end. And he's, then he's like, so from this point on, I'm retired from Professor X, and it's really sad. Yeah. Cause I mean, like it's it's just nuts. Like two thousand, like it doesn't like it feels long ago, but at the same time it doesn't. And just like after seventeen years of the X Men universe, to see the two headliners go out in the same movie, the same time, like I don't know how it's gonna play out. I don't know if that means if they're both gonna die or whatever. If they're gonna die holding each other in the movie, or if they'll die separately if they'll both live. I have no idea, but the fact that I know once the credits roll in that movie, it's going to be the last time I see Patrick Stewart as Professor X, and the last time I see Hugh Jackman as Wolverine, it's gonna it's gonna suck. Yeah, uh, I think you're underselling it a bit, but especially because your first introdu- when I first got introduced to uh, Patrick Stewart as Charles Xavier, I was like, okay, it's cool, um, old old two thousand superhero movie. I didn't see it till I was. Uh, like 15 or so. so. Right. Um, and, but then you get to know Patrick Stewart as a person, and then uh, you see some of his other films because of this, and you're like, mm-hmm. oh, he's such a great actor. And then when he returns to the role you know him as, you're so much more appreciation. There's so much more, oh, yeah, like, you, you know, totally kicking butt. And then now to know that, I mean, Patrick Stewart's, he's, he's not, is he 80? He's close. I mean, he's, he's up close. there. He's I know he's there. in his 70s. And, you know, you see, you see that happening at the same time. Uh, the role, the, the the defining role for him. Uh, sorry, Star Trek. Uh, <laughs> you know, so uh, I don't know if I'm gonna be able. I, I'm gonna be able to handle it, but I'm not in the theater yet, and I'm not watching whatever it is that from those final moments are that he's describing uh, happened with him and right. you. Uh, so it's it's. I think it's gonna bite, and I think you know. Um, I'll leave the theater thinking, oh, that really that really sucked, but hopefully. It's it's earned and it's it's worth the whatever feeling you know comes up at the end of the film. So yeah, uh, he's going to be seventy seven in July. Yeah, man. So and it also like it it kind of sucks that like you know him, Jackman and Ian McKellen aren't going to go out together. Like if you could have ended it, if somehow like Magneto, old old Magneto could have shown up here, um, and it's the last time we see all three of those. Because I mean, it's it's their franchise, like undoubtedly. Yes, James McAvoy and Michael Fassbender are great as the younger versions of these characters mm-hmm. in this like this reboot trilogy, whatever you want to call it. Um, but like, they're not in my mind. James McAvoy is not. Professor X. No. It's Patrick Stewart. Yeah. Michael Fassbender, as great as he is as Magneto, he may actually give better performances like as an actor than Ian McKellen does in the in the roles, but Ian McKellen is still, you know, Magneto in my mind, my yeah. heart. And it would have been really nice to see all three of them go out together. I think it does mean if 
because you you can't have <laughs> you can't have Magneto without Charles, right? So yeah. if Stewart's, I think it means that McKellen's done as well. Mm-hmm. We just don't get to see that kind of send off on the yeah. screen. So this definitely, like, I always, I guess this is just kind of moving to our preview, which is probably going to be pretty brief about Logan. Um, I always under the assumption that you know, they were going to kill professor X in the movie at some point, whether he dies because he's like, he uses his last of his mental ability to like save Wolverine at the last second or something, or, you know, Boyd Holbrook kills him or whatever happens. I was always just like, this is going to like, I know for a fact that like, they're going to kill him. That this is the gut feeling I've had the whole time, but I didn't want it to have, I don't want yeah. it to be the case. Denial. So, the fact that he's basically saying this, I think, does, I I think, just kind of further states, if he if he does die early in the movie, I think it'll be kind of easier to handle because it won't like it won't be Patrick Stewart and Hugh Jackman walking off in the sunset together because mm-hmm. that would be like emotional. Yeah, that would be worse than you know, like you said, seeing him go. Yeah, in like the first like if, if Stewart dies in the first twenty thirty minutes, and then the end of the movie ends with you know, Logan dying or something. Both of those movements are going to suck really bad, but at the same time, they're going to be spread apart by, you know, an hour and a half. So I'll be able to recover by a lot of like cool action moments and stuff where I'm like, okay, that was, that was awesome. But then I'm like, oh yeah, man, but they killed professor X. Right. Um, so what do you kind of, do you expect, what do you think is going to happen with, both of these characters, do you think they're going to die in the movie or are they going to get peaceful endings? I don't. I mean, we've seen the marketing. We've seen the trailers. Um, it's been, it's kind of like the worst kept secret that someone's getting buried yeah. in the movie. <laughs> uh, they they show it at least two or three times mm-hmm. uh, in both trailers. Hugh Jackman, you know, burying somebody out in the woods uh and we've seen that looks like that wood scene is the hype there's some action there's something intense is happening out there mm-hmm. uh and then uh, so i fully expect that to be the burial of charles xavier and no one else uh what it means for logan going forward would he pass away or die get killed probably but you wouldn't put that in the movie at all or in any of the marketing because that's oh, right. that's your closer right. that's how you finish the film um so, I but I do think Hugh's going to make it out of this alive, but it'll be in a way that we've never seen Wolverine um, close a film, mm-hmm. uh, possibly with that relationship that he has with X-23 or, and how that kind of gets built up over the course of the film. So, uh, am I, do, you think I'm, do you think I'm in denial here? Am I hoping out for the best? Or um, is it clear that this Logan movie is going to have to, neatly put away both Charles and Logan. That's a thing. Like it depends on how they want to close it out. Do they want to like make a statement saying like, this is it. <laughs> like his head was cut off and like chopped into a billion pieces. He's not coming back. Or do they leave it more ambiguous with like maybe during the final fight with like him and X 23 are battling like Boyd Holbrook and a whole bunch of reavers or whatever. And then the battle like ends with X 23 finally killing Boyd Holbrook and then she kind of like looks around and then Logan's just kind of like laying there on the ground like does can't breathe that well like he's just like gushing blood all over the place and like he's got like a huge you know 
stab wound or gunshot wound in the head or something. And you're like, and then they just kind of let that play out. They do a big pan shot away. They zoom out Mm -hmm. and they just kind of let it end that way. And you're, we're just like, Oh crap. Like that's probably it for him. Uh, I could see him doing it either way. Either way, it's going to be really impactful. I don't doubt that for a second. I think the ending is definitely going to be the big talking point of the movie. I feel like like the action stuff is going to be great. Um, and to see you know, Logan as old man Logan with R-rated violence, I think those are all going to be most people are going to be like buzzing about. But the ending, I've said it from the beginning, the ending is going to make or break this movie for me. And I feel like it's going to make it so well that it's going to break me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. That's perfect. I mean, like, listen, like even in the, like the, the songs that they picked for these trailers, I, I, I still think about yeah. it shows, um, uh, the Johnny Cash song. The hurt, like, hurt. Hurt. Yeah. Yep. And then they went with the second one, which I thought was an incredibly unique, but great choice. Amazing grace. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh, th- more than anything that made me believe we could see the actual, you know, Wolverine's demise. Yeah. Because his whole journey has been something of a, uh, past versus, uh, present. And what am I going to do about it? And that's kind of like what Charles Xavier, you know, tells him, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, their first meeting, like you've got, you've had some things happen to you, but now I'm offering you a chance to not only learn about them, but maybe even redeem yourself. Yeah. So, uh, th- that's probably going to tie into, you know, why he does what he does for, you know, X 23 and uh, ultimately like a wrap up of um, his character spread across, you know, seven, seven movies, three, uh, four, y- or this five, is, this is six. his ninth appearance. So, okay. Yeah. So not yeah. counting first class. Yeah. Counting first class. I mean, he has a cameo, Okay, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you want to go, like, substantial roles, then, I mean, you can knock out, like, Apocalypse, kind of. You can knock out First Class, and then it's really so six films. Okay. With Days of Future Past, the original trilogy, and then the two Wolverine movies. Yep. So, well, this would be a seventh, then, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I think this movie's going to be really depressing Yeah. at uh, the end of the day, so... Uh, this could be a sad ups of the podcast next week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, we have a lot. We'll of, have like, we'll have some tears or some uh, some tissues. Uh, yeah, definitely around the table. Yeah. Hopefully, like we have like some like really cool news. Mm-hmm. Not like you know Matt Reeve leaves the Batman again right. or something. Like I want a lot of positive news next week. Movie reporters who listen to this podcast, which is zero, so that way. We can be all happy, and when we get to the review, then we can just be crushed and kind of talk about how sad we are. Sure. Um, on some other non-heartbreaking notes about Logan, interesting to see how much of a role Stephen Merchant plays. We've mm-hmm. seen a couple of looks at him. Uh, he looks interesting. He looks like he's dying and desperate, but also crazy. So I don't know what that whole deal is. Um, but then also Richard E. Grant's character, have we even seen him yet? I think there's one still of him. I, I want to say he. I saw him getting out of a helicopter. I think that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So or some vehicle. What's yeah. that dude's deal? Is he just a suit, or I think so. is he a part of something larger? And Boyd Holbrook's the guy that we need to be watching out for. So uh, I'm interested to see if that's something else, or it's all surface and really character depth. Uh, so that's all I've got. Yeah. I mean, if there's one positive I have to pull from this, I mean not one positive because I feel like the movie the movie's gonna be great. 
I know it. I mean, it's getting uh, fantastic reviews basically across the board. Um, and I think the standout for me, like coming out of the movie, I'm going to go, I want to see next 23 movie and man, I'm really sad. <laughs> like I yeah. feel like those are going to be my two emotions. Same here. Um, and that's just really all I got. I mean, I, I'll, I'm interested to see how good of an actress Daphne Keene is. Cause we haven't really seen her act a lot in the trailers and the marketing. It's really just, I don't, I don't even know if she's given a, given a line of dialogue for the whole thing. I don't expect her to really. I'm like, like she look, she seems like she's very, you know, a quiet personality. Even in real life, like the press tours and stuff, she's been like, you know, kind of shy. Obviously, I mean, she's like eleven or something, and she's in one of the biggest movies of the year in a starring role. So I don't expect her to like be a large speaking part. But at the same time, if Professor X is dying early on, and it's going to be Logan and X twenty three for a long time for us the movie, she's going to have to be part of that conversation otherwise logan's just talking to himself right it's like where does where does that go yeah into play? That, it could make for an interesting dynamic uh if he's the one who has to make the connection this mm-hmm. time because uh six other movies he's not the one talking it's yeah. the sidekick it's whoever else is you know begging him to help mm-hmm. so that could be an interesting way to you know change the status quo of him having to care for this kid yeah um so uh yeah i yeah. it would be I hope, I hope I want to see an X-23 movie after this. I mean, I already do, but I hope that gets ignited, you know? Yeah. And, like, I I do, I do think there's going to be a really nice, you know, dichotomy between how Wolverine was in his first appearance through what he is now, where, like, like you said, he's the one that's going to have to get the young mutant to be friends with him or be kind to him whereas originally rogue was like reaching out to him saying will you help me do you have do you have any food like uh be my mentor and like help me say like teach you about my powers and all this stuff um i feel like he'll see a lot of himself in her after professor x dies and that's why he ultimately will continue to mentor her and take her to wherever she's supposed to go yeah um and I mean, literally and figuratively seeing himself in her, like, because, like, she's X-23, so she has his DNA and stuff. So uh, I think that's going to be a really interesting point in the movie whenever he realizes... She's part of me. ...that, you know, at the end of Apocalypse, Essex Corpse has his has Logan's DNA, and they have since... Or somebody has since been able to use that DNA and weaponize it and make mutants out of kids and so then that responsibility that falls on him could be really heavy uh and then like she seems like she has the exact same personality as logan did initially so uh, it's gonna it's gonna be good i know it but i'm just like i'm I'm, i don't want to see the movie (laughs) kind of yeah and like normally for these movies like big franchises i like to like catch up on everything and rewatch, you know the movies to just to go in knowing and like have my mind completely fresh on what happened before. But because it's Patrick Stewart and Hugh Jackman's last time, I kind of don't. Cause mm-hmm. I'm like, if I watch all their great movies and their great appearances together, their chemistry, I feel like it's make it like that much harder to see them leave. Yeah. I think it would almost be best to save any kind of, you know, uh, homages yeah. of their film careers. Yeah, I'll, I'll watch <laughs> it after. after. 
yes. after the movie, after I've already cried, mm-hmm. and then I'll go home and watch those movies and I'll cry again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and if it, uh, I, I mean, it's it's hard talking. It's not hard, but it's if it. I'm surprised at how I'm feeling about this right. when I talk about it. And I can't imagine, and not to bring in other franchises, but, you know, what's going to happen later this year and, yeah. you know, in the future with somebody who I think, you know, stands head and shoulders above uh, the rest of these people. So, right. um, okay, anyway, <laughs> like, I, that's, I'm good here. Yeah, like, I'm not a crier, like, about it with movies or just in life in general, but, like, like you said, like, just talking about this, I'm like, this this yeah. isn't fun. I'm surprised I have the feelings I have. Yeah. So, but I mean that 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 ultimately just shows how great of a job, regardless of continuity, Fox got perfect casting with Hugh Jackman and Patrick Stewart. Yes. And I don't care about any of the other movies really, as long as this one is good and it's a great send off for them. I think it just kind of sends them off on top. I think that's why they're both going to retire at the same time. And it just kind of, it's the end of an era, but it's also a fitting close to see them both go out together while, you know, being in potentially their best movie in 17 years. Definitely. So be sure to tune in next week for our really fun review of Logan. <laughs> uh, it's going to be really fun and energetic and everything. So that's obviously what we're going to be reviewing. We're both obviously looking forward to it <laughs> in some levels, even though we're dreading it in others. But that's going to be it for this episode. So during our time away, be sure to tell us your thoughts on everything we covered by tweeting us at Friends and Film, where you receive updates on the podcast, movie news, and more. You can follow me personally on Twitter at Coops underscore Hoops. And you can follow me, Josh, at Just Joshua Ryan. And if you enjoyed this episode and all this superhero talk, head over to iTunes. Give us a five-star review with comments and share it on social media, whether that's Facebook, Twitter, uh, go to SoundCloud and share it. Uh, any other, go to, I don't even know what else, Reddit, go to... Tumblr? Kids Tumblr? Use Tumblr? Yeah, I think that was what I was thinking. I'm like, what's, this? what's that one called? Yeah. Uh, go to Tumblr and share it. I don't care. Uh, just get people to listen to us, and we'd love that. So that's it. Josh? Thanks for stopping by, everyone. Thanks again for tuning in to the Friends of Film Podcast. Be sure to tune in next week for our ecstatic review of Logan.